All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. I'm Jacob Brown. This is pod number two for me today. Now we're here with CJ Yuri to go deeper in to the NHL and the NFL and everything that's going on over there. Um, so if you listen to part one of this pod, Steve and I talked about the Major League Baseball lockout earlier this morning. That podcast should be out right now. We went over everything that was going on six hours ago. Uh, hasn't changed that much. The only thing we're hearing is that Major League Baseball is saying either you take the new CBA deal, which includes uh, player comp- includes the, the player draft pick compensation being taken away, and but it, it would come with the agreements that the union and the league would discuss the international draft, not actually putting it in place, but discuss. So all I'll say to that is if the players don't agree to that, that's all on them because that's basically saying they've agreed to everything else but then the players would turn down just the, the offer to talk about the international draft. That's not even putting it in place. So that's a very fair thing to do. I hope it's done. It could be done by tonight, but we have nothing else. And I'm not checking my phone during the podcast for it. So let's go into the NFL though, CJ. We've had a bunch of stuff happen in the last few days. Steve and I talked about it a little bit, but now we'll go into the nitty gritty about this stuff. So Aaron Rodgers is re-upping with the Green Bay Packers. I said on the last show, I think it's the smartest move for him. He gets the automatic ticket in the NFC North. I didn't see why he would want to put himself in the middle of the AFC West. Kudos to Russell Wilson, man, but I didn't see Rodgers doing it. He didn't. Um, Now, we also did. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't do this either. CJ, both of us said, hey, uh, you know, the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett. They hired the Packers quarterback coach, and we both said they're kind of paving the way for it just didn't end up happening, but Rogers stays in green Bay. They franchise tag Devonte Adams. And other than the Packers, you really have the Rams. What do you think about this for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you got to think about it this way. Like from a drama and pettiness standpoint and from a like, you know, cool publicity, which is what Aaron Rodgers is all about headlines and being this Hollywood style quarterback. Right the obvious move was to leave and create a ton of headlines and hype around, you know, where the next place you go, maybe he wants to go somewhere with warmer weather, you know, maybe he wants to go somewhere where he can start, you know, to carve out some sort of a lifestyle for, for after football, like a second act of life. You know what I mean? Those were the obvious decisions were to, you know, leave green Bay, but I think him staying in, in green Bay just showed the world how much football and winning actually means to him. Um, the smart thing to do in terms of a winning standpoint was to stay with green Bay. That division is horrible, like really, really bad. He has zero competition in winning it, which means he's guaranteed a home football playoff game for the most part. Right. Yep. And Tom Brady just left the NFC. Russell Wilson has now just left the NFC. Now he probably knew like agents and GMs and whatever they talk. Right. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers knew Russell Wilson was going to be leaving Seattle for somewhere in the AFC. And at that point, it's like Russell Wilson just left Tom Brady just left. And now let me look at the list of quarterbacks in the AFC for me to get to a Super Bowl. Herbert. I shouldn't start off with Herbert, but Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, like, 
that list is crazy. And then yeah. we're not even talking about a couple of teams that could uh, at any point put a string together a, a playoff win. Like the Cleveland Browns have a fantastic roster. The Titans. Really good pieces. They underwhelmed last year, but like that's a team that you don't want to have to play against them in the playoffs because they can run the ball down your throat. And that's a team that I didn't even mention in, in my in my teams that, that Rodgers would have to go through. Like you watch that Josh Allen Mahomes duel last last playoffs and you're like, yeah, if I'm going to deal with that, that needs to be in either the conference championship game or the Super Bowl, not round freaking two. Yeah. Okay. So if you're Rodgers, in my opinion, this is the smartest thing to do. He's so much better than one Super Bowl. In my opinion, in terms of talent, top three quarterback to ever play the game. And I don't think there's many people that were, you know, argue to, you know, that he's at least not top five quarterback to ever play the game. He's much better than one Super Bowl. And I'd even tell you that Russell Wilson's much better than one Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Getting it now that he's gone to the division that he went to and the conference that he went to. Sorry, the Broncos are really good, but are they good enough to beat Mahomes and Josh Allen? Probably not. Probably not. So you never know, though, Rogers, man. I mean, Ru- Russell's still at that level. I think we forget I, I, he is 33, but. And I guess we can segue into that trade too. Um, listen, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have played really deep into their careers and put together playoff runs, but you know, I, I just like, you look at his stats in Seattle over the last four seasons, three or four seasons, they're identical to what they were over all the four. He didn't change as a quarterback. He just had really bad offensive lines. He had bad structure around him, but he was the same exact guy for the last three years in Seattle even though sometimes it was blamed on him. I think now going to Denver where you got two tight ends, even without Fant, you have the running back, you've got three receivers that are legit. And then that defense, maybe Von Miller comes back. So the Broncos aren't bad, but it's true though. Can they go up against Mahomes, especially when you got to play him twice in the regular season, then the the postseason. So you'd have to basically beat them twice a season to win a Super Bowl. Same thing possibly with the Chargers. Then you have Josh McDaniels, Raiders. And like you said, some other team, the Tennessee Titans, nobody's talking about them now because nobody thinks Tannehill has the juice to do it with all these quarterbacks that are going around. They might fall to the wayside. And so, you know, even a team like the Dolphins who have so much cap space that they could totally revitalize the roster, can they go go through that gauntlet? Could they beat a Denver Bronco Russell Wilson team? So I think – the Broncos are good enough for a playoff win or two, but you're right. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they can do a Super Bowl, but I don't think Russell's past that in his career to contend with those other quarterbacks. No, he's definitely not past it talent wise, but like when, like, look at this, like coaching wise bills and bills and chiefs are better. Yeah. Quarterback wise. I would take Mahomes and Josh Allen over Russell Wilson, most likely. And I yeah. am a Russ fan, like really, truly, yeah. truly, I am a Russell Wilson fan. Like if he's healthy, he's, he can compete with whoever. So, but I would just take the other two. Um, and I would just take the other, the other two teams rosters. I think the Broncos have some pieces on offense, but you know, they're not going to have any picks anymore for a while. And the defense is good. It, it's good, but just, it's the Broncos. You think of the Broncos roster, they're just like, meh. You think of the Bills yeah. roster, like, that's good. They're going to score no matter what. You think of the Chiefs roster, like, it's the Chiefs. I mean, they're going to be competing for a Super Bowl every year for the next decade. So it's like, talent-wise, can Russell Wilson compete with those guys? Absolutely. But I think what we saw this year is, like, you got to have a full team to do it. Yeah. Like, Russell Wilson ain't going to get you a Super Bowl just on his own. So if you're the Broncos, you you clearly, you know, you – 
got a massive upgrade at quarterback and a guy that's eager to win a Super Bowl as part of the reports that came out of Seattle was that he felt like his time there was ruining his legacy as a quarterback. Clearly he's chasing something in his career. So you got a hungry quarterback. You didn't, you didn't just get a diva quarterback. Russell Wilson's a fantastic leader. And you know what? Like Russell Wilson immediately becomes, I would say the third best quarterback in the AFC immediately. He immediately tops Joe Burrow. Yeah. In in my opinion, he immediately tops Justin Herbert and no slight to those guys. They're just way younger way less experience. I know that Joe Burrow just went to the Super Bowl, but I'm sorry, I'm still going to take Russell Wilson over you if there was a game oh, that 100%. I had to win tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, it just is what it is. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that Russell Wilson was 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 aggressive in the fact that he wanted to leave Seattle. Like, I, f- I felt like he was a guy that would have just let it slide his whole career, sort of like a Dwayne Wade where it's like he's a Hall of Famer, but is he going to make that move in his career? Like, is he going to do what he feels like he deserves? Is he, he deserves more money. He feels that way. He's going to leave Miami. It's a similar situation to Russ. Like, he just, he feels like he deserves another Super Bowl. Can he force his way out of Seattle, or is he too too nice of a guy? He did it, so props to him. But in terms of which quarterback made the smarter decision for their career winning-wise, Rodgers, for sure, when we're going to talk about these two trades, or not, you know, these two transactions, if you will. Right, you know, right. Rodgers stays. Russell Wilson leaves. I think that Russell Wilson and the Broncos are good enough to, to win two playoff games next year. After that, anything can happen, but it's just, you look at that list of quarterbacks you got to go through to get to Super Bowl in the AFC and it is not fun. No. And you know, they're probably going to be on the road too, because they're, they're probably not going to win the division. And so you're not going to have the mile high crowd. Now, maybe they do win the division. I'm not just going to write it off before the off season and the draft even start, but you know, you, you can kind of make your conclusions when you have teams with really good quarterbacks that are set at quarterback and set structurally even before an offseason. And, you know, I, I just think the Chiefs are still better situated to win that division. And you could even say the Chargers are, are right there still with Denver, although I would, I would take Denver now. But the Chargers don't go away. Every year we go into the seasons, these GMs, these execs, they're like, oh, the Chargers might have the best roster on paper. But you know what? I'm tired of hearing that because everyone says that every year about the Chargers and the Colts, and it doesn't mean anything ever. So Chargers would have went to the playoffs if their coach didn't go for it on like fourth down every yeah. single drive. Uh, like I don't even honestly like like there's so many people out there that are just like you know yanking Herbert's chain like 24 seven talking about Justin Herbert this Justin Herbert that Chiefs or Chargers this Chargers that. I am not even like remotely scared about the chargers like in the AFC. I'm a Finns fan. Should we have taken Herbert? Absolutely. Clearly we should have taken just Herbert. Is the jury still out on Tua? It is of course still out on Tua. I think he can be an elite quarterback in the NFL, but there's something about the chargers, man. Like we hear it every year. Like, Oh dude, like they are next up. They are next up. They are next up. And it's just, it's never the case. It is not. I would immediately go, in that division, it, to rank them in order for me, it goes Chiefs, it goes Broncos, and it goes Chargers, then Raiders. And the Raiders made the playoffs last year. The Raiders made the playoffs, but I would still take the Chargers over them. But I'm just saying, like, enough with this whole Chargers, this whole Chargers parade, man. Until yeah. they get, to, until they actually get to the playoffs and show you some noise, enough. And it's you know the same thing about Miami, man. Miami had a ton of 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 hype for last year. They were supposed to be an eleven win team, ten win team at the least, and getting into the playoffs and, and making some noise with a fantastic defense and a new and improved offense. And look what happened. So anyway, Russell Wilson, 
you got your work cut out for you. I'm a fan. So, you know, let's see what you can do. Yeah. And to, to build on your points about why he left Seattle as well. I saw yesterday, there were some rumblings that going back to Josh Allen at the combine, Russell Wilson has been ticked off at the Seahawks since then because the Seahawks sent a scout to go watch Josh Allen. And, you know, if you think about it from Russell's standpoint, it's like, hey, I won you a Super Bowl. Why should you even be looking at any quarterback, much less one that's supposed to go in the first round? So this day, this goes back a while. Yeah, no, yeah, this goes, this goes, this, you're right. This goes back a while. There's just so many repercussions from this trade too, and, and everything that's been going on in the NFL that I'm almost glad to be, you know, a Finns fan that kind of just like stayed out of this. You, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? It's like, right. whether Russell Wilson gets you a Super Bowl or not in Denver, which I don't think he does, what you've done is you've stunted your, your franchise for a long time. And like, look, there are so many Miami fans in, that would sit stand in front of me. And I, I'm not trying to make this about the Dolphins, but this is a real example. So many Miami fans would stand in front of me and go, dude. I would mortgage the future for Russell Wilson tomorrow. I just want a damn quarterback. I want to win. Okay. I understand. I agree. But is Russell Wilson the guy that you're cool with mortgaging your future for? It's true. I probably would be. Yeah, I would too. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we stayed away from it because I don't think that in the AFC you can do that right now i think that there are too many teams that are that built organically did not mortgage picks and are still building their team so let's just say that miami or like like denver and this denver grabs russell wilson okay let's say that they don't win any win win a playoff game this year let's say they get the playoffs they lose a playoff game they watch the chiefs you know go deep in the playoffs they watch the bills go deep in the playoffs and then it's like we don't have any draft picks how do we improve we are there's not much cap space either. And that's going to be a lot of teams in the AFC. It's going to be a lot of teams in the AFC. So it's like while other teams around you might not be better than you at the moment, they're going to be better than you long-term because they're building now organically. I mean, my first thought is awesome. Yeah. I mean, my, my first thought with the dolphins was now you're in it with Tua try and be the 49ers South or East or whatever you want to call it. I would love to be that. Because, I mean, the 49ers got very deep into the postseason with a guy in Jimmy G. How much separation is there really between him and two? I mean, maybe I'll get a lot of flack for that, but I'm talking about their styles of play. They both play I, I, very similarly. And if you get a running game like they had in San Francisco, you transfer that over to Miami, you get the defense built up like it was in San Francisco, you can be that team with the limited quarterback that makes it work in a different way. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. look, at the end of the day, I think to his ceiling is, is like about two steps higher than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo played in the Super Bowl. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo just played in the NFC championship game. If we get somebody that is like a couple steps ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, I am by all means, bro. I, that is good enough for me. That's good enough for me because I think Tua has a, has a better arm. I think Tua throws it better deep than Jimmy G does. I think Tua is more mobile in the pocket than Jimmy G is, and Tua is more accurate. And on top of that, I think the flash plays, Tua has more flash plays than Jimmy G does. 
are they like leaps and bounds better than Jimmy G? No, but the guy's young, way younger than Jimmy G, maybe like 10 years younger than Jimmy G, maybe eight or something like that. And he's already showing that now. Again, I think the Dolphins, like, and again, like we've segued into the Dolphins here, but I think it's a real example of like a team that is going to do it organically and hope to God it works because there's a lot of other teams that are going to be mortgaging their futures for immediate success to keep up with the Mahomeses and the Josh Allens and whatnot, right? right. I think what Miami is sitting there saying is we will have our moment in the next couple of years, whether it's right now or the year afterward, I don't know. But after that is we will have our moment. And I think it's because with Tua, you're always going to have a quarterback that is going to take a bit of a pay cut because he's never going to be as good as the Josh Allen's and the Patrick Mahomes is. So you can't pay him that money. Yeah. So he's always going to be almost on like a team friendly deal. So at quarterback, you might have a guy that it's figured out like a Jimmy G your quarterback positions figured out. Like, like he's, he's your guy, whether you win with him or not is up for debate, but he's on a team friendly contract and you could spend money elsewhere. That's why the Niners are so damn good. They don't have all their cash in one guy. It's spread out throughout the lineup. They're one of the most complete teams in football, if not the most complete team in football. And I know they didn't get there and win it, but like everybody, 49ers, here to stay. Sorry. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the Dolphins, and, and, and to an extent, teams like the Giants and, and whatnot, this is what they're going to, tr- they want to build. It's almost like, like every Miami fan would stand in front of me like, no, screw that. I want my, I want a Mahomes or Josh Allen talent. Of course I do. But those guys aren't walking around everywhere. Yep, so they're gone now. To his career, he's 14 and eight. Yeah. That's not bad. That is not bad. That is actually pretty good. Six games above 500 in your first two seasons in the NFL. I'll take that any day of the week. And guess what? You're not going to have to pay him much. And you can spend that money on a premier wide receiver, a premier cornerback a premier linebacker, a premier O-lineman and yeah. strengthen your team. And then immediately you're better in a position than that a team that has Russell Wilson just traded away five draft picks and has no money. You're better in a position than they are. Yeah, so, no, it, it, yeah. It's, it's amazing. The ripple effect this has had because teams really have to now say, listen, the only dynamic franchise quarterback that's out there is Deshaun Watson. Only one team's getting him and you know, the legal situation, whatever, ever, you know, that'll figure itself out but there's only one of those guys that's available now. Even Carson Wentz, who's serviceable, he's gone. So you got Jimmy G, who is not a franchise dynamic quarter. I mean, a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers level guy. There's one guy left. After that, all these pro, all these top five, top 10 quarterbacks, they're with their teams for the next five to 10 years. They're not going anywhere. So whereas in years past, it's like, oh, we can trade for one of the, no, they've already been traded. Now we're, we're at that stage now where that's over. And so it's either the draft or you stick with what you have and you just brought up the giants. And it's like, like I said, a few weeks ago, Daniel Jones is six foot five, not as heavy as Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's six foot five, Brian Dable just got a six foot five quarterback to the playoffs. And there's that philosophy there that if you made that work there, make it work here. Does Jones have the arm of Allen? No. Does he have, anything of Allen. No, he's not even close. I think, to Josh Allen. I think Daniel Jones, I think Daniel Jones and Josh Allen match very well with the, with mobility mobility. Um, when sure. it comes to, yeah. a, when it comes to football IQ and the, and the arm, I would say Allen hasn't been both by a, by, by a mile. considerable amount. I think, to, and look, see, I, I want to be real with you, dude. 
I said this last year. I thought that Daniel Jones was going to end up, you know, getting kicked out of New York and then picked up by an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers or like an Indianapolis Colts or like a team that has an organization that is going to be successful. Right. I think for the Giants, you take you, you keep Daniel Jones uh and you see what he can do with brian dayball which is what they're gonna do i'm I'm gonna assume obviously um but something else that i really want to bring up here and then i i'm totally down to go back to some some giants talk because like they're you know a big brand in football and they've sucked for so long um dude like if you're houston like like let me ask you this question if you're houston and you just saw that russell wilson trade go down are you happy or a little disheartened well, you know, Seattle kind of lost the trade, if we're being real. And to me... You think so? Yeah, because I think draft picks, they don't do well with draft picks. I think that they had drama in Seattle that uh, I was watching Cowherd yesterday, and he said that he has a source who used to work for Seattle that said their draft team goes over these picks. They have their picks set. Pete Carroll walks in the room. He has his suggestions and Pete gets what he wants, and we've seen the stability and the structure in Seattle and the, and the draft picks they've had. They haven't worked. And draft picks to begin with have like a 40% fail rate. And so if you're getting these picks, you have two first-rounders and then four middle-round picks like scattered around through different rounds. And then Drew Locke, who he was, he's not winning anywhere and definitely not in that division. And Noah Fant, he was kicked out of Denver because they didn't, I mean, not because he's not a good player, but because they have two tight ends that they think can be just like him in production, the two of them together. So I, I do think Seattle lost the trade because who knows if they're even going to draft. Well, the quarterback's not going to work out. They're going to be in, 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 I mean, they're going to be terrible for the next number of years, unless they figure this out and, and change up their philosophies. And I think for Houston, the only way you can really win is by trading him to a team where you're going to get a starter back. And where is that now? And that that's the question to me. Yeah, look, I mean, I definitely understand your point in saying like Seattle probably lost the trade. I mean, it all depends on what they do with those picks and in and those players that they got in return. So I guess in the immediate, yeah, like, you know, they probably lost the trade. I just say like, you know, if that's what they're getting for a guy that's, you know, still, I guess on the right side of 30 and, yeah. you know, has a ton of potential and, you know, he's already, he's healthy again. He didn't play much football last year. He didn't get banged up like crazy. Um, and he's motivated, right? Like they're getting all that for him. Well, I've got a guy who hasn't played football in a year who is healthy and he will absolutely play in the NFL again. Who's 27. He was 27 and arguably a better quarterback or, or right there with them. They're pretty much, I'd say they're in the same tier. I'd say Russell Wilson and Sean Watts are in the same tier. They're like, they're not Mahomes or Josh Allen, but they're like right there. Right. Yeah. Watson is Wilson without the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I think, I think Watson, I think, I think what you get for Watson now is you could take out one of those second round picks and add in another first, first round pick. And, you I know, mean, I if, if he's there's really only the- one team. Yeah, he's got to be cleared. He's got to be cleared, right? But if he is cleared, does that still take down the draft? Or if it's if it's cleared, is it fair game? What do you mean by that? Like, do you think even if he is cleared because it all happened in the first place and all that drama that it'll take down the the, the asking price? You know, it could. It, it could. But, again, if he's cleared to play and the NFL announces he's cleared to play, I 
think the the, the price only goes up no matter what. He's just yeah. too good. Yeah. Like I don't think you're going to get that much negative press. I'm sorry, but people don't care about it anymore. I don't. I mean, like if no. like if yeah. this if there was like like and I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson's innocent. I don't know if he's guilty or innocent or not. And I've never spoken to one of those girls. I'm never going to speak to one of those ladies. Sorry to call them <laughs> girls. Women. I'm never going to speak to one of those ladies. Any of the women that were involved. Okay. Something might have happened. Or like Deshaun Watson saying, there is no substance. But I think that if there was legitimate substance that has been that has been proven or legit concrete evidence so far of this stuff happening, it would be talked about way more. Yeah. And I'm not sitting here saying that these these women are going after money and whatnot. You just you, you never know. You just you don't know. So I think that for just for if you're the Texans and you saw what the what the Seahawks just got for Russell Wilson, you're actually happy. Like in my yeah. opinion, I think that you look at that and go, "Ooh, I could probably sweeten. I, I could probably ask for look. I'll tell whatever team calls me and says, "Yeah, the Seahawks just got this amount for a 33 year old quarterback, or that is, you know, right there in the same tier as my 27 year old quarterback. That you know, you're pretty much set for about." eight years at quarterback yeah. like sorry i you're, you're gonna need to throw in another first round pick and i think there's really only one team in the league that can really pull off the tech the the, the sean stuff right now it's the eagles they got three first oh, round yeah, picks yeah. this year and they could throw you jalen hurts too jalen yeah. hurts is no slouch jalen hurts looks pretty damn promising so it's like i'll throw you three first jalen hurts in two seconds let's go let's do this yeah. and it's like if you're the if you're the texans it's like all right here we go like Oh, you're taking Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Like if that's the reclamation, but yeah, you're taking Hurts because he just led his team to the playoffs with a good coach. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I would, the Eagles would fit. It's definitely going to be the NFC because uh, it's also funny. uh, I, I watched multiple Fox sports channels yesterday and almost all the hosts were like, Fox carries the NFC. We're kind of screwed. And I, I think and NFC teams are feeling that we, we need a star quarterback because if you get one in the NFC, you're competing against two others. You know, you can't throw Dak in there. You can't throw Kyler Murray in there. Uh, so the NFC's barren. And if you bring Deshaun in there, he's probably better than Matt Stafford. And I'd love to see him against Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game. I'll tell you that. So that really would stake up the price. And what's also interesting here is the Matt Ryan thing. How long does he want to stay in Atlanta? The problem with him his cap hits 45 million. That is very difficult to move. Yeah, but if you're if you're Matt Ryan right now, you're sitting there like you're you're literally walking up to the front office of the Falcons and you're saying, We need to run this back. And not only do we need to run this back, we need True. to make sure we, t- we retool the roster and let's get this in a good spot because there's a there's a window of opportunity here in my career. Because Tom Brady just left the Buccaneers. Antonio Brown ain't coming back. They've had some, you know, is Bruce Arians gonna be the same guy over there? Or who are they gonna bring in at quarterback? I don't know. There is a huge question mark in Tampa Bay. Obviously, they're still going to be a damn good team. They've got too much going on over there. But Tom Brady was a lot of the culture there. And who knows, maybe a lot of the coaching as well. And also, Sean Payton just Sean Payton just left the Saints. The Saints are oh, yeah, like it, the Saints are in cap hell. They don't have a head coach and they don't have a quarterback. I mean, Jameis Winston's come back, and I think Jameis Winston's honestly like, you know, right there at like 16th, 17th, 15th, you know, quarterback, but you ain't scared of that guy. Matt Ryan's better. Matt Ryan's better than James Winston. So you're sitting there as the Buccaneers and you go, I can win this division next year if I play my cards right, host a playoff game, and Tom Brady's out of this, and Tom Brady is not going to be in the playoffs anymore. 
and Russell Wilson's gone. True. You, you bring up a very good point. And I'm sitting there. If you're Matt Ryan and the Falcons, you're like, you're sitting there licking your chops and you're saying, okay, okay, hold on. We might have another run at this. Yeah, no, it's very true. And, and not to mention if, I mean, he already has been, but Calvin Ridley out for the season, that money is freed up because he's suspended so they can go out, get another receiver. And they, they need a lot though that, but, but at the same time though, do they, because again, like you just said, if the Bucks roll out Kyle Trask, the Saints, we know they're not going to be there. The Panthers lost out on everybody. Really, all the Panthers can do is get Trubisky, but we've heard Trubisky might be linked to the Colts. The Panthers are not going to get Jimmy G. The Panthers lost out, so they're not yeah, going to Yeah, no, go for anywhere. sure. I, I think, <laughs> in all honesty, I mean, you're sitting there and you're saying, if you're the Falcons, it's like, we got to run this back. And and Kyle Pitts is probably going to pan out pretty soon, so oh, the maybe the Calvin Ridley kinda. thing won't hurt as much. And they have money now, and I think I think honestly, man, if you're the, if you're the Falcons, bro, you take that Calvin Ridley stuff and you literally throw it in front of the the best edge rusher that's available. You spend your draft pick on a linebacker or a cornerback. Yep. Add like two or three defensive pieces to that team. Maybe sprinkle a little bit of cash in front of one of the you know second tier wide receivers in free agency to th- just kind of shore up that Calvin Ridley hole. Maybe you try to go get a Devonte Parker from the Dolphins and try to strike gold. Maybe he could stay healthy in Atlanta. Who knows? I'm just saying, you can it make it now, and you can remember this conversation. Falcons, they're in a good spot right now. No, you're. That's the first time I've heard that too. No, it's it's a really cool point and. Uh, yeah, we, we're going to put that on social media, CJ. We got to get that up there, be the ones to claim that. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's that that's really cool. I mean, the Falcons really could make a run. Like, I'm really thinking about it in my head now. Like, yeah, they if, if the Bucs don't go out and get Watson, they're they're screwed. I don't, I don't see the 49ers trading within the NFC either. Um, because if you trade Jimmy G to the Bucs, they think they can make the playoffs with Lance. And if you end up facing Jimmy G in the playoffs – that that's scary. Like, I don't, I don't think they want to do that. So I don't know, but you could also make the argument too at Tampa three fifths of their offensive line. Two of them are free agent, one retired. They got Goblin back. Sue's a free agent. JPP's a free, this, this group's breaking up and their secondary was already pretty weak. So they, they need to patch up their team in general as well. Um, so the, but you know, the bucks are in a very, very interesting situation. And Steve said this morning, he would be okay with, them trying out Trask. Why not do it? Um, he doesn't think they're going to go do the Jimmy G thing. He's open to the Watson thing. I still think the Bucks are one of the few teams that would do it. Eagles too. Um, so we'll see. But also, Steve had some comments about the Florida Panthers, CJ, and we'll segue into the NHL now. Uh, he didn't dish you, don't worry, but he did say the only thing he said was, how far can Sergei Bobrovsky take the Florida Panthers? And that was his consensus about the pain he said they can score from anywhere they roll their lines they'll get a defender but it's going to hinge on where does Bobrovsky take them and I think as a Panther fan CJ are you feeling the similar way yeah I mean as the playoffs get closer and you realize your team's 100% going to make the playoffs and are going to be in you know, play for the number one seed at the end of the year, you start not, you start looking around and you start saying to yourself, okay, we're clearly top five team in the league, top three, probably. And 
what do we need? Like, what do we need? Okay, well, I, w- I would argue with anybody in the, in the world and even the anti-Panthers and NHL reporters have said <laughs> this. They're probably the deepest team in the NHL. I mean, on any given night, the third and fourth line are scoring a goal or two. Okay. <laughs> most teams, mo- like the Panthers' fourth line would be a, like, I'd say 75% of this league's third line. And the Panthers' third line would probably be 90% of this league's second line. So I don't know about that. I mean, Lusterine's a little young and. No, no. It's the Panthers' third line is Reinhardt, Lundell, Marchment. Oh, I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's most teams' second line in the, in the NHL. Like, seriously. Yeah. yeah. You can grab any, like, especially the wingers, like, mate, Mar- Marchment's freaking 6'5 guy that will hit anything and then, and, and score. He's turning into a Tom Wilson, bro. Oh, and yeah. I, and, and you got to love having that on your team. I don't think he's as much of a predatory douchebag as D- Tom Wilson is, but <laughs> like, he's that kind of guy buzzing around the ice, hitting people, and then turns around and flips one in for a junk goal. Like, you got to love those guys. Oh, yeah. Reinhardt's obviously Reinhardt. I mean, 55 points in 55 games. I mean, come on. And then Lundell's, you know, you know, in the race for the Calder. I mean, he's not going to get it, but he's in the race for the Calder. So I look around and I think to myself, the only question mark on the team right now is a left-handed D-man. We don't even have one. So Zito's got to address that. That's got to be option. That's got to be number one, one A in, in free agency. Go get a left-handed D-man. They have to. Lucas Carlson, you've been good as a stopgap. You're not, you're, you're not a guy that I need that we, we want to be rolling out into the playoffs as one of our, as our six D-men. Okay. We have too many offensive D-men. Um, Forsling and Montour are full-blown puck-moving D-men. Racco Gudis hits every, anything and everything, and a lot of times that leaves him out of position. What we need is a guy that is legitimately D, defense, like legit, just like clear the zone, get guys out of the crease, get the puck up, or flip it off the boards, get it out of the zone. No nonsense. You need that shit in the playoffs. And the Panthers did not have that last year. Ekblad went down. I think if Ekblad is in that series, it goes seven games. It doesn't go just six. And it'd be nice if we can go get that left-handed D-man. There's a ton of rumors and a lot of evidence that the Panthers are, are in talks with the Flyers about sending Owen Tippett and a draft pick for two to the Flyers for Claude Giroux. Um, apparently the reports now are Claude Drew just wants to make, just wants to play his a thousands game in Philly, which is coming up within the next week. And then he's ready to clear it. Um, respect to that, man. That's cool. Respect. Absolute respect. Uh, he will always be a flyer. He will probably go into the hall of fame as a flyer. Um, or if he goes to the hall, he's for sure going in as a flyer. So oh yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah. and if you're Drew, you're better. How many cups does he have? I don't think he has a cup. No, nope. He doesn't even have a cup. That your career is good enough for at least one one Stanley Cup, dude. Leave and play your career, last four or five years of career career somewhere where you can tan, make all your money, and not get screwed by taxes. You yep. live in a state like Florida that's been killing it recently, and not only that, you play for the Florida Panthers, who are clearly set up for deep postseason runs for the next half decade. So, yep. it's a no brainer. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. But Barkov absolutely needs a winger, an, another winger, because right now we're we're flipping Maxim Mammon and Steve Mason Marchman from number top line, and neither of those guys are top line players. And you know Barkov Verhage's unreal on line one, but it's like at some point let's you know we got to get we, we need to get um, 
you know, another guy on that wing. So I'm sure that that's number two, but back to the Bobrovsky thing. And I know I've been avoiding it, but I don't know what Bob's going to show up. I really don't. I've got no idea. It could be the Bob that gives up four goals and we have to score five or it's the Bob where it's like, Oh my God, like we've only given up one or two goals going to the third. We've scored four. This is a lock. We won. Like we're going to win. I don't know. But like, I think Bobrovsky as a veteran goaltender has a second gear. And I think that on this Panthers team, it's very easy to coast in the regular season when you literally look on the other end of the ice and they're scoring like six or seven goals every game. And it's like, all right, well, you know, like I'm not going to overwork myself and overextend my legs and pull something here just to stop a goal. So it's not, instead of we, we win the game six to one or six to two instead of six to two or six to three, right? Like, Screw it. I do think that there's a there's a level of his game that's going to pick up when the playoffs come around. And it's obviously every single game that matters. And I think that Bobrovsky, that's where he's going to make his money this year. I think he's going to be I think he's going to be that Bob that we saw in Columbus. And I, I really do. Like, I think the playoffs are going to come around and he's going to hit another gear and he's going to shut up a lot of people. And it's going to be the Bobrovsky that got him that contract. And I but I Steve has Steve makes a great point. I think when you look, look at the Florida Panthers, you can ask two questions defensively without a left-handed D-man, can they go far? I think we can win, win one round and get to round two game seven. At that point, I don't know what happens. Panthers are flaunting with the best team in the like best team in the league title right now. Okay. So that's good enough for a round one win. And that's good enough to at least get you to the very end of round two and see what happens after that. That's all. That's without a left-handed D-man. I think if they they get a left-handed D-man, there's no reason why we shouldn't see the Panthers in the conference finals. I'm just being honest. Like, Oh, it's true. I mean, there's barely any teams in the league that like match up four lines, three pairs of D that like the Panthers. Yeah. It's, it's Toronto maybe, but they choke every year. Boston, I would I think I would Toronto's say, falling off right now. Toronto's you're seeing yeah. what Toronto really is right now. Right. And, and, and you know, Boston's going to be a pest because you, you're a better team than them but they're a pest and playing. If you get them round one, that might be a seven game series that tires you out, blah, blah, blah. But no, I don't want to play the Bruins. Yeah, no, I don't no, want to nobody. Does. They're starting to catch fire right now. They, yeah, they might end up the Maple Leafs. Yeah. It might be, it might be a lightning, uh, lightning Bruins round one. <sighs> wow. And, and you know, I would, and, and, I would take, I like, I like, let's just say the Maple Leafs crush it for the end of the, for the rest of this year. And the Bruins, um, they end up they end up kind of slowing down and get the wild card one or two spot. I would, without a doubt, like no, like not even a second of hesitation. I'd rather play the Maple Leafs than the Bruins. Yeah, no, absolutely, because you 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 know both uh, the Panthers can score and and keep up to the pace of the Maple Leafs, and defensively the Panthers could be much better than them. The only thing is Jack Camp, but again the the Maple Leafs are are falling off, and who is Jack Campbell really? Like that, you know, like, let's be honest here. Uh, so Dude, I don't know. There's, there's a culture over there with the fan base and the, in the front office that it's just so toxic over there. If they don't win a playoff series, it's like the end of the world. So much is riding on their shoulders. And it's Toronto, like the Yankees, like the players, yeah. it's like the Yankees, bro. And you know what? The players that are over there, I'm sorry. They don't have it. They don't have it. Like they'll kill you in the regular season. They'll score a ton of goals and they'll make the playoffs. Not a problem. I mean, they've made the Leafs make the playoffs every year with Matthews and Marner and, 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 you know, Nylander and freaking you know what else whatever else is going on over there but they don't have a premier d-man and they don't have a premier goalie and <laughs> the panthers have two premier defensemen in Uyghur and Ekblad or top 10 defensemen in the nhl so that's premier and then they've got Bobrovsky, who's top five in the nhl and wins and his save percentage this year is, is the best it's been in a while he's 0.92 so 
Oh, that's you've great. got a guy who's won a couple of Veznas and Bobrovsky. I would call him a premier goaltender, at least talent wise. Maybe he hasn't showed it right now, but talent wise, you know, he can flip the switch. Take the dude, screw. Like, honestly, like I'll take, I'd, I'd rather play the Maple Leafs or the Bruins any day of the week. I don't want to go play in Boston. I don't want to go play Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak, Taylor Hall, Charlie, Charlie McAvoy. And then somehow they have a goaltender Swayman who just goes on a tear randomly. And then you right, got to go right. to Boston, which is a I tough mean, place to play. Yeah, I don't want I, to do that. And let's not rule out Pittsburgh too. You know, like we, you know, we, we always go in every regular season. We're like, they're older. We don't see the offensive depth. What do they have a goaltender? And then what do you know? Tristan Jari turns into an all-star goalie. They have guys that are scoring. They're playing their roles in the lineup. They're not necessarily a high scoring team, but Gensel and Crosby and Malkins ever since he's come back, he's been the same guy. They score and they produce. And the guys that need to do, and they have a, a very precise system there, and it works for them. And, you know, as far as the Capitals go, I think they're the weakest team. Uh, they have the least amount of depth, in my opinion. Uh, goaltending is the weakest in the conference, in my opinion, uh, in terms of the playoff teams uh, making it. So I think the cap, they've especially slipped record wise. So I think anyone who gets the Capitals and it's going to be the number one seed. Uh, going to be probably very happy or, or at least relieved that they're getting that team. I mean, there's always Ovechkin, but that team is not there. I don't think. Um, and as far as the Rangers go, I say the same thing every week because I'm just waiting for them to pull the trigger on some trades, but they are getting absolutely no scoring from the third line. Philip is going to be trade bait. He's been here and I get it. He's 21. He's six foot two, but he's gone down every season offensively. And I don't think he's a guy that's going to go somewhere else and pot 25. I think he's going to be a career third liner and you can find a team that's going to say, Hey, maybe he can be top six, like a Vancouver. If you want to go for JT Miller, I've heard the price might be too high for JT Miller for the Rangers, at least, which I don't understand. The Rangers have so many prospects that they could give away and they'll never use them. They, they have Nils Lundqvist, who's a right-handed defenseman, Braden Schneider just took over at 20 years old. They're both 20 years old, and Braden Schneider just won that battle. He's going to be the third D pair guy for the next, however they can keep him under contract for. The guy's six foot two. He's played 20 games in the NHL, zero penalties. He is physical, uh, which is what Gallant loves, and Nils Lundqvist doesn't provide that. So you can give away a premier number one D prospect and not bat an eye. You can give away Heedle and not bat an eye. They have Kraftsoft that they can give away who doesn't want to play for the Rangers anymore, who's considered very valid. So they have three, four guy, Julian Gauthier. They're, they're never going to use him. This guy and Julian Gauthier, just a quick little thing on him. Six foot four, 220, fast like the wind, dude. This guy on breakaways fumbles every chance he gets. He just needs that ability to turn it on and be able to score the goals on those breakaways because he gets the opportunities. He's, he's just as fast as Kreider but he's not producing. That's why the third line is not getting that, that production. So I think that means even though he's got the tools, unteachable tools, he's a trade bait. Uh, you know, you have a Morgan Barron that could be trade. So there's so many guys that you give them away. They don't care. They have depth. So they need a top six winger that can play with Panarin and Strom right now because they have Dryden Hunt playing there. And he just broke a 30-game scoreless drought with his fourth goal of the season. And he's been playing with Panarin and Strom. That can't give. Panarin's not scoring a lot of goals. Panarin's top three in the league in points. 
his assist numbers are through the roof. He's going to end up with 80 or 90, but he's not getting the goals because Strom doesn't have the space to set him up. They don't have a winger on the right side that's productive at all. That'll open up Panarin again to be set up for those goals, be given the space in front of the net to be able to get in the dirty areas, which he can't really do right now. Strom's not the biggest guy. Hunt might be a little physical, but he's not the biggest guy either. So, And then you look at that first line. The Rangers seem pretty content with putting Alexi Lafreniere up there, letting him develop. He's been a little bit better. Uh, my father certainly has given his complaints about Alexi Lafreniere about how you know you see all these other 21-year-olds in the league that are doing well, and Lafreniere seems to only score goals when he's set up for one-timers or has an empty net. He doesn't really create his own goals, but he needs to be up there with a Kreider or Sabanajad or you're never going to find out who he is. So then when Kako comes back, he slides down, plays that third line right wing. You trade for that second line right wing. And at third line center, maybe they get an Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg, someone that can just take face-offs, make that line stable. And then that left wing is whoever they make it, Barkley Goudreau. And then the fourth line is Hunt, Rooney, and Reeves, which has been, I mean, when Hunt plays on that, whether it's Goudreau or Hunt on that fourth line, it's one of the best fourth lines in the NHL. Reeves is top three in hits in the league, and he plays seven minutes, uh, seven minutes a game. Kevin Rooney, the Rangers have a top five penalty kill. Kevin Rooney is one of the reasons why. He's a tremendous defensive and physical player. And then when Goudreau's on that left wing or Hunt, they're that physical defensive checking presence, and they have a great fourth line. And again, the problem's been third line and a winger to play with Panarin and Strom. And if they can figure that out, I'm willing to deal with a Patrick Nemeth for the rest of the year. I don't care. He's stable enough. He'll be fine. And as far as Shesterkin goes, and this is where I'll ask you, CJ, the guy has a 940 save percentage. This this is, I watched Henry Glumquist throughout my entire childhood, and he's a Hall of Famer, best ever, one of the best ever. He was never a 940 save percentage. I never saw this type of reflexes that Igor has. It's almost like he knows where the puck is going to go. It's really uncanny almost it's very vasilevsky like to where they are positioned in the exact right place all the time but he's never played in the playoffs consistent maybe they were in that play-in against carolina that doesn't count real playoffs with fans he's never been there and that's the hold up to cj so what do you think about the rangers Look, I, I think the Rangers are sitting there saying, like, we have a we have a goalie that could get us wherever. I mean, the like goaltending is not a problem there, which is huge. I mean, once you get to the playoffs, it's like if you have goaltending, then it's like having a star quarterback. It's like you, you can you yeah. can you're gonna steal some games. Okay. I do think that there are there is they're lacking like this scoring punch because I do think that it'll be not easy. I don't want to say say easy and sound like a jerk, but I think it'll be easier for the better teams in the NHL to literally minimize your top scoring threats in New York because in the playoffs, the hitting is on another level. The defensively, you are awarded a little bit more leeway with, with the way that you, uh, you know, go at players and whatnot. And I don't think that the Rangers are equipped for a long postseason run. No, they've, they've got that. that. I, I've, I've no, been, I'm not talking about hitting. I'm, I'm not talking about hitting. Like, 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 I'm not talking about physicality. Like the Rangers have shown physicality this year. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like other teams are going to, are going to find a way to, to, 
minimize the scoring threats of the Rangers top yeah, six yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's only a couple of them. And in the playoffs, it's easier to hone in on a couple of guys and just piss them off during the, and I'm not saying the rain, the Rangers have guys that will piss the other team off, but like, let's just say the Rangers went up against the Panthers. Let's just say for some reason, Barkov's line is completely zeroed out. And like Rangers have done a great job of, of keying in on, on, you know, Barkov's line. Okay. Well then Brunette's just going to send out Huberto, Bennett, Duclair. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the Rangers need to get that. And I'm not, I'm not saying like that's not something that they're just going to get the free, the free agency, the, you know, line, but like add a piece now that teams have to worry about like another guy that kind of makes the top six a little bit more complete. Cause I think you right now in your top six, you got like four guys, right. Yeah. Whereas there's a, there's that five and six that could be a revolving door, at least get the five, like at least get that yeah. fifth player in that top six that you have to be worried about if you're a team but um look i think defensively i think defensively the rangers are in a good spot and i think that goalie wise i mean they're the best in the league right now i mean shesterkin is legit man that guy's that guy's really good i mean the carry price won the heart for for the for the same type of season in in montreal you know like yeah look I, again i wouldn't want to i wouldn't run a want to run into it uh like a hot goaltending like that shesterkin i mean damn look, the rangers are a tough player on one for anybody yeah. And hell, if they get past around one, they're a tough play round two, too, because yes, they can score. And then at the same time, they've got a they've got probably the best goal in the league right now. If you have the best goal in the league, you can you can rattle out right like you can figure it out in the post. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and you know, you bring up a good point with the fact that some of these players are gonna have to learn to play in the playoffs because I don't trust that Adam Fox with all the stick handling that he does, the dipsy doodle, that stuff doesn't fly in the playoffs. So I'm definitely worried about fox specifically in terms of how he moves the puck because he's able to kind of roam around on that blue line you know doing doing his little stuff and if he gets into the playoffs there's going to be someone waiting for him at that line ready to you know hit him it's just going to happen and so is he going to have that space same thing with panarin uh he's a guy that needs space and that's why i said you need a jt miller type for that wing to give him that space because strom's not going to do that Strom's five foot 11 and not that physical. And so it's interesting, but you're, you know, can they win around? Yeah. Can they win a cup every, you know, again, everyone says, if you, if you have the goalie, you can do it, but this team, they're not going to win the cup this year. I just don't see it. Uh, even with additions, I think they're close, but much like the Panthers last year, I think this is their year to, to have that heartbreaking loss at the end of the year to where you're motivated for the next year. It seems to be that, gradual the lightning went through it now the panthers now us maybe and and so seems to be a cyclical thing in that sense so um as far as the west goes it's the same thing man like every time we come on here it's the same thing it's just a collection of four teams that are probably going to be the teams will they make moves maybe but it's going to be those four and you know vegas st louis uh vega uh, uh colorado and crapshoot basically after that i would say so you, know, you have your minnesotas and your nashvilles and your calgaries and stuff like that can they win a cup probably not and so yeah west west uh, this is colorado's year period we said it on steve's part but get that president's trophy all you want but you got to get to the cup at this point if you're colorado yeah no i, I absolutely i completely agree with that for colorado it's like geez man like how much more like how much more can you need? Like, like that performance last year against Vegas was just so bad. Like in the playoffs of, 
I don't, I don't know how they crashed and burned like that because the first couple of games I was like, geez, Vegas is like, you know, a couple steps behind Avalanche. But, you know, it's a new season now. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, I would say it's like for me, it'd go in my rankings of the West, it would probably go Colorado, Calgary, Vegas, St. Louis. But it's just pretty underwhelming after Colorado and Calgary and Vegas. Like, yeah, the East is absolutely loaded like just loaded like the rangers would clearly be the second best team in the west if they were in the west oh yeah this the maple leafs would be this easily second best team in the west you know what i mean whereas yeah. you're thinking the rangers are kind of like fifth or sixth best team in the east and the maple leafs are like fourth right it's just wild right oh yeah so yeah i mean it's just not too much to talk about the west i think the big thing to talk about with the west is like holy crap what if mcdavid actually misses out on the playoffs like is in dry settle like is it is there a chance one of them just says screw this and leaves like i hope like i would i honestly like like genuinely like i'm not even just saying that because out of pure comedy that it would be but like <laughs> i i really i i genuinely believe like like mcdavid and drysdale need to just leave like that's just way too much talent those guys are unbelievable and it's just they're getting like this mike trout treatment right now man like he's so, yep. oh, so good stat stuff this that stuff that but hey man you guys suck <laughs> like you guys are terrible <laughs> i dude, mean McDavid, dude I, the oilers I, are so bad like the oilers are yeah. so unbelievably bad no like, dude outside I, I, of mcdavid and drysdale and pool harvey and yeah and then you, you yeah, it's like Nurse and Nurse and Evander Kane, I guess. I wouldn't even put Nugent Nurse Hopkins. up there, dude. The, the defense is so bad. Yeah, yeah. And Nugent Hopkins has missed half the year. But, uh, but I mean, I, I went to that Oilers-Lightning game because I, I needed to see McDavid and Dreisaitl in person. They were incredible. I mean, it was one of the – I mean, I've been to a ton of hockey games. I've never seen – the just the little things those two guys do when they're on the ice but my brother and i were sitting there we were clowning mike smith man like some of the goals he was letting in it's like he didn't know what building he was in and it's just you can't do that to guys like that and like when you're saying oh could they leave could you imagine the trade hall that that would bring for those guys i mean you imagine like the 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 organizational fallout of the oilers if um just like one of them walked yeah. like oh god it's just over scenes man like it'd be pure comedy because it would just be like oh my god like dude, like people would just be irate <laughs> but it like for their career i'm sorry like those guys are both like you know two or three stanley cups in their career caliber caliber players and like if they stay with edmonton they honestly might end their career with zero yeah which is insane yeah. but you never know man I, and it's like who could even take them but it's I mean, anyone would take them, really. It's just like, I feel like the Rangers would even say, uh, yeah, we'll give you Kako, Lafreniere, uh, everyone, you know, the, the, and we'll take McDavid. Uh, you know, we'll oh, throw you yeah. Zibanejad, like, like, like we'll, we'll just do it. So, like, I, I think even teams with star players would say, yeah, we will give you our number one player for McDavid in this deal. Like, it's that type of thing to where it might be that huge. But, yeah, I mean, the NHL is, uh, it's, it's popping right now. NFL, big stuff's going on. The draft is in a month and a half. Free agency opens in a few days. Forgot to mention uh, Chris Goblin franchise tag, bunch of other guys. Uh, Tennessee re-up one of their guys, five-year contract on the defensive tackle. I forget his name, but uh, Harold something, but five-year deal with Tennessee uh, was another bit of news there. Carson Wentz traded to the commanders. Kind of a nothing burger. I don't see them making the playoffs. They'll be a, you know, nine and eight, eight and nine team. 
Wentz had a, I mean, I hate to say it, he had an underrated year. He couldn't clutch it up. That's his problem. But he had under 10 picks. He had a good yardage amount. His completion percentage was good. So for a team like Washington, it works. For a team that wants to win a Super Bowl, it doesn't. Um, so that was a little bit of news there with Wentz, uh, which means that the Colts are kind of primed for Trubisky is what I'm hearing. And now it's really between Steelers, Bucks, Panthers for Garoppolo, and we'll see. So we'll, we'll have that stuff covered on next week's pod. Hopefully tonight, Major League Baseball comes to their senses and comes to an agreement on this collective bargaining. Again, if you want to hear Steve and I talk about that in depth, part one is on the podcast right now. You can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P, Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. Follow CJ's and I's new podcast, uh, One Pod to Rule Them All. It's a little Lord of the Rings podcast that we do every Monday that we post on Tuesdays. You can follow that. Uh, one Pod to Rule is what it's called uh, at the at One Pod to Rule. Uh, and we'll put that in the description as well. That's also on Spotify and will soon be on Apple Podcasts as well. And so, yeah, I uh, hope you guys have a great day. Thank you guys for listening. Drop comments if you have any thoughts. We'd love to hear them. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you next week.